on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Welcome to episode four of Football Family Podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, John can't be with us today, so I get the joys of hosting the show. And as always, I've got my dad with me. How's your week been, Dad? What have you been up to? Yeah, not bad. Why are you hosting the show now? Yeah, I've got it. I'm going to step up to the mark. That's it. That's it. Poor old John, whether you, you poisoned him. Yeah, got, I got rid of him, I got rid of him. I thought, oh, yeah, I can do this. I think John's just, uh, he's still all about Ipswich getting promoted. <laughs> still just enjoying the, the uh, after party of all of it, I think. But um, no, it's great, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I look quite smart with uh, all the computers going on. Not got a clue <laughs> Not got a clue what's going on, but I think I look the part now. So uh, yeah, so what have you been up to? I've, I've had a good week. As you, as you know, I've been up to, uh, last week I went up to Newcastle for a couple of days. We had a... Uh, reunion, would you believe, for um, the 92, 93, which is 30 mm. years ago. Is that what it is? We 30 years. 30 um, years. Time flies, yeah. eh? So Ke- Kevin Keegan was the uh, main attraction, then most of the lads came back. So we had Brian Kilclimb, Scott Sellers, John Beresford, myself, Paul Bracewell, you obviously you coach him at uh, Spurs, uh, Lee Clark, Steve Watson, Steve Howie. Wow, so all the boys. Basically, the whole team, apart from Barry Venison, who's, who's emigrated to uh, America, and uh, they didn't want to pay his fee to come over. <laughs> Probably didn't want to see uh, Brian Kilcline, though, did he, after previous stories? No, exactly, but he, <laughs> him and Killer away. But no, it was, it was a great, great uh, few few days. I mean, we had a great night. I mean, there's probably 500 Geordies there. No, must have been a quiet one then. Yeah, we had, obviously, and, and Terry Mack was there with Keegan. Oh, John Hall, who's just turned 90. Wow, so there really was everybody there from, everybody, from that era near everybody enough. Everybody from the era turned up, really, who, who could possibly get there. And um, it was we had, a, we had a fantastic night. I mean, it didn't finish till, you know me, I'm in bed by yeah, it's not you anymore. 5 o'clock these days. But um, 4.30, I think. 4.30, we thir- wow, we that's, that's not we like you. We finished talking rubbish <laughs> about the old days at 4.30. You were really rolling back the years <laughs> then. There must have been some great stories told then. There was there was a lot a lot of very very good stories um, that that Keegan even Keegan was coming out with because when you talk like you're telling stories and how you remember it how somebody else remembers it is 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 totally different so we're all telling the same story but it's there's five different versions of it I can imagine different different eyes yeah right? stories always grow legs as well don't they yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah so um, but no we had. Um, uh, we, had, we had a good time. Dan Byrne, your mate. Oh, uh, Dan was he there. He sat at the table as well. We had, yeah. we had his dad there. It was, it was his birthday. So it was a, and Dan Byrne's dad was, is a huge, huge newcomer. Yeah, they've been non-stop he about it. He followed us everywhere in that promotion season. And he said he missed one game, which was Dan being born 7-1. We beat Leicester last game of the season. God, I bet he was going he to was miss dead. it. Wasn't he? Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I know what they're like. Dan being born was just devastating. The like proper, proper diehard Geordies. Yeah. I think it, it, it's great. Like, I think that Dan being a part of it and how well it's gone for him and he's writing his own little bit of history and if they can get Champions League I mean what a story that is from like I said he was he was working in Tesco's I think it was at the start playing for Darlington and stuff like that and now he's got to the big heights of St James's Park what a story yeah and, he, and he, as you know he's a great guy as well deserves everything his family without a doubt family as well so um, you know they were on, they stuck him on our table and stuck him next to John Burris who chewed his ear off at yeah, I can oh, imagine. Three or four hours. I uh, can imagine. I'm sure he was the one leading it till 4.30 in the morning <laughs> as well, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Couldn't get Bez to bed, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> always the way with Bez. And uh, you bumped into Keith Gillespie as well, right? Yeah, the next night, actually, because Keith uh, narrowly, he didn't join sort of like that. He probably joined about two years later, 95, 96. Keegan bought him from Man United. Uh, when they were exchanging for Andy Cole. And, uh, great player, Keith. Well, I did a, we did a, I saw up there the next day and did a do with him. 
Um, but yeah, what a player. I mean, people go on about his, uh, his gambling and his, which he did have, but I think they forget how much of a good player he was, you know. Yeah, see, even, even I, I can remember him so well just flying down the wing, skipping past people with ease. So yeah, by, was... by his own admission, you look at players now, wingers now, they've got tricks, and they like, he had no tricks. He just pushed it past somebody. I mean, I've seen him run off the pitch, so push it past someone. A bit like Gareth Bale's goal. You've seen, all seen Gareth Bale. Yeah, of course. In the Champions League final when he ran off the pitch. Uh, and I've seen Keith do that. And I'm running down the, sort of like, at the Dell, I think it was, and he's running down the track. Yeah. And he runs back on and still beats him for pace. He, his pace was just ridiculous. I think that, well, that's, that's the thing with players now, especially young players, that everyone wants to do a step over or wants to do something so it looks good on social media. But if you're faster than someone, then you've already, you, yeah. you can beat them whenever you want, yeah, really. No if you're, you, can, you can learn at someone's tricks, you yeah. can, but you can't, you can't learn their pace. You no, can, you, you can't. So if someone yeah. is faster than you, are. It's like when you're, when you're playing against someone, he's quicker than you. Yeah, what well, happened to me a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to me a lot yeah. at the end of my career. I know, remember when I came back from being out with Rude Hullet for not having a squad number, my first game back was Steve Clarkborn, that was Man United away. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, and I remember after 50 minutes, I remember. Ryan Giggs getting the ball and obviously see me in front of him and just pushed it past me yeah. and I'm just <laughs> I'm treading water that's it and I, I just think you can't, you can't stop it can, there is, obviously there is, there is really top defenders who are very smart with it when it comes but if you are faster than someone over a distance you have a head start already you have that advantage and not many wingers yeah, but it's, it's wingers, use it it's wingers knowing that it's knowing that you're quicker than somebody they don't, they, they don't even test so keep would test somebody first you know what I mean they'd push it and if he Got a throw in. At least you get as a throw in because they have to slot. Worst case, yeah, I always remember. And you then saying. wingers in their mind. I've got him, by the way. I've got him now, which is, which is what he's done a lot. Yeah, and it, it was brilliant because we we actually got the chance to have an interview with Keith this week. It was great that he could uh, give us a bit of his time and have a chat with me. So we'll um, we'll we'll go into the interview with Keith now, and um, hopefully it will be very insightful. Hi everyone, we've got uh, Keith Gillespie here with us, former Northern Ireland and Newcastle winger. And we're going to do our 10-question feature on him. Thanks for joining us, Keith. No problem at all. Anytime. So we'll, we'll, we'll start it off with, uh, who was your hero growing up? Um, I probably had two. Um, I was a big Man United fan, so probably Brian Robson and Mark Hughes. Um, and I was very fortunate that I actually got to play with them as well. Oh, which, wow. You know, sometimes, I mean, that doesn't sort of happen to everyone. You know, you know you're lucky enough to meet your hero, but... Just to play alongside those two was was incredible. I'd actually had Brian Robson as a manager as well, so that made it even even more special. Oh wow, that, that, that's amazing! So it, sometimes they say never meet your hero, don't they? But it wasn't wasn't quite true for you then. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, I, I I played a little bit at Man United with with both of them, and then I I played at Blackburn with with Mark Hughes as well. Uh, top top Brad, players as well. Oh, gosh. I mean, Brian Robson was just... Yeah, I mean, I was obviously part of the class of 92 with Beckham and Scholes and Nicky Bott, Gary Neville, people like that. And Brian Robson is everyone's hero, you know, yeah. out of that. Incredible. You know, I so. think that, that says it all about a person, doesn't it? When you have a class of 92, what a team. And then they all look up to Brian Robson. I think there's got to be someone special to have that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was... He was an unbelievable player as well, you know, when I was growing up watching him. Uh, but as I say, just to actually share the pitch with him then was just, you know, crazy. Yeah, I can, o I can only imagine. And they both yeah. went into Manchester. I was watching Mark Hughes' Bradford side last night in League Two. They're, they're fighting for promotion. I find it interesting, obviously, I, I, I'm on a coaching journey at the minute. And when you see these players 
going in. Obviously, Mark Hughes still wanting to do it at League Two level. He's done it international level. I think it's great that these people, they're just proper football people, aren't they? They just love football and want to be around it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of that sort of side that with Brian Robson and Steve Bruce and you know, Paul Ince, Mark Hughes, you know, they've all got into management, you know. Do you think that's the, uh, the Fergie effect? It probably is, you know, because, I mean, you, you haven't got a, you can't get a better sort of teacher than, than, than Alex Ferguson. You know, yeah, you just exactly. have to look well, that, at that. That was going to lead on to one of my questions. Who's the best manager you've played for? Well, do you know what? I was very fortunate, that, I mean, playing for the, the managers that did, big names, you know, obviously Alex Ferguson, Kevin Keegan, Kenny Dalglish, Ruth Hullett, Graham Souness, uh, Brian Robson, you know. Yeah, it's quite a list. Yeah, Neil Warnock was, was, was fantastic, but, you know, my favourite without a shadow of a doubt was, was Kevin Keegan, um, you know, and I'm sure... I'm sure your dad probably says the same. Well, it's probably a toss-up between him and, and, and Sir Bobby. Yeah. But Keegan, Keegan was just absolutely unbelievable. You know, he, you, you would have run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, you, just, you played your best football under him? Yeah, definitely. I had my, my best time in my career was definitely at Newcastle. Um, obviously, the 95-96 season when we came so close to winning the league. But, you know, being like a winger like I was and we're, I'm playing on a side which is you know became known as the entertainers you know it's, it's great for me you know it's one of those where there's times where you, you're wanting to help back tracking back as a winger and he's telling you no stay up the pitch so, <laughs> it's just music to your ears as a winger isn't it <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah he was uh, he was incredible to play for it I only I I feel a little bit cheated by it because they only got two years with him. You know, I would have, I would have loved to have, um, you know, played longer under him. I think that's kind of what most players say, didn't they? If, if he hadn't left when he had, well, I know Dad's adamant that you would have won, yeah. you would have won something at least because I just think oh, it was everyone's without, second team. Was it? everyone wanted to watch Newcastle, wanted to be part of it? I mean, I can remember it so well, and I was only six or seven there, but the buzz around the place and it just must have been such a good time to just be a footballer and be a Geordie and being up there. Flying, flying down the wing like you used to. Yeah, well, I mean, you, Kevin Keegan had, had like an effect on people where you know he, he could attract the big names. Then you know, obviously, with Lazarus Ferdinand coming in and David Ginola and you know Alan Shearer, Tino Espria. You know, that's because of Kevin Keegan. Without a shadow of a doubt, people want to play under Kevin Keegan. And you know, I, th- I, I agree totally with your dad that. You know, it, it is just a shame that he left when he did because I really, he was really building something special, and I really do think we would have won something as well. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt you would have. It was. Do you think it was just the way he made players feel? Because obviously, you see, like we spoke about, loads of ex-footballers, legends become managers. Some they do brilliant, some not so brilliant. But he just yeah. seemed to get it, didn't he? Just dad always speaks about the way he made you feel going out on the pitch, and you touched on it as well. And I think that's all a footballer craves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, 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 it's his man management was was just absolutely incredible. You just as you, as your dad says, going out on the pitch, you felt like a million dollars. And team talks were very short and sweet. But he, he it, the great trait he had was you know going around the, the room and putting an arm around you before you went out. And just just something he said. You just wanted to, as I say before, as I said before, run, run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's for me. That's key to management. And for my just becoming an, I'm an aspiring coach at the minute. That's yeah. what I think is the most important thing is how you make players feel and you have that connection. It's the tactics are great and they they've got a place, yeah. but 
Kevin didn't believe in that, and I know you just do five aside every day and stuff like that, and it, it worked. So, well, exactly. It's, I mean, it, it showed in the results that we're getting back then how how it worked, and it, it was literally five asides every day. And I think that with with today's game, there can be too much tactics. You know, where Kevin Keegan just you know give us that license just to go out and and, and entertain really. And I just think that that's just the best way. But it is like we said that that's what we want to hear as a football, isn't it? Go out and express yourself. Go and enjoy yourself. Enjoy your football, and good things will come because he knew you were good players. He had trust in you to do that. Well, exactly, and you know he was he was building like a you know fantastic side, and you know we all know what happened ninety five ninety six where yeah. you know we probably we probably did blow it, but I think at the start of the season nobody really gave Newcastle a chance of winning the league, so. It, it's great now. I know we came second, but it's it's one of those where, you know, people don't always remember sides that come second in the league. But I think everyone will always remember that yeah. Newcastle side. That's it. I know that's all credit to that side. It's a legendary team, isn't it? It's something that people uh, yeah. talk about. I, it, 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 I always say it to Dab, you should be so proud of that because it's amazing how what we twenty five, thirty years on, everyone still talks about it. <laughs> everyone talks exactly. about how exciting they were. Exactly. And it leads I, us I, on I, to I, what was. Um, what was your favourite game you played in? I imagine it's from one that era. Well, um, it was the Champions League game. I thought you uh, might say that, Keith. I thought you might say yeah. that. <laughs> I, get, I get asked about that one all the time. You know, when, when I'm up in the North East and people always remember it. You know, it was our first game in the Champions League and to, to play against Barcelona as our first ever Champions League game was was incredible. And, and probably nobody really gave us much hope of, of, of winning the game. Uh, on an individual basis, you know, I sort of just had the game of my life. It was just one of those. Did it just feel nights. like that on the pitch? You know, one of them nights where you just like everything's working, everything's paying off. You just felt yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those as a winger. You know, it's all it's all about having pace as a winger. Well, it was for me. <laughs> it helps, <then>. it? <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those where I sort of knew pretty early on I had the beating of the, the left back Sergi yeah. so it was like I just wanted to get the ball as much as I can it's, obviously you got to put the crosses in as well and, and the goals that um, Tino scored the two headers the other one was a penalty but the goals he scored were, were you know absolutely unbelievable the, the, the leap that he got with oh, the, it was brilliant wasn't it? You know, still the headers so. in my head now it was amazing nice one you'll be glad to know this is the fourth podcast we're doing and Dad's mentioned that game every single one so far so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a really special night. Um, you know, you're playing against Figo and Rivaldo and Luis Enrique, people like that there. It's a seriously you know, good for, team, for us, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. It's a seriously good team. I think that they're, 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 like you said, they're memories that no one can take away from you. And, oh, what, and I think that game is sort of synonymous with you and Tino, don't you? I think everyone thinks of you, you both just terrorising them that game. So it's a, it's a good one to be remembered for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just one of those nights where everything clicked. Yeah, amazing. If we, we'll come away, I know you'll know my dad likes doing a lot of these questions. He likes hearing the non-football questions. He said, similar to you, that he's heard a lot of the same questions. So we have a few slightly different ones. So who's, who's your favourite band or singer? Favourite band? Um, I, I, I don't honestly go to a lot of sort of concerts and that to get invited to some but the, I mean the best the best I've actually seen was probably Coldplay Coldplay I saw Coldplay the last year and they were amazing oh absolutely incredible I've seen them a couple of times um, you know so I probably would lean towards Coldplay although I went to see Ed Sheeran last year who was absolutely 
Unreal as well. That's on the bucket list for me as well. See Ed Sheeran. Yeah, you you will not be disappointed. He was unbelievable. No, he's a legend. Flying with Ipswich now, being the, uh, what is he? I think he's, is he an owner of Ipswich? I think he is, but getting them promoted and getting them up, they're doing amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, with Ipswich, you know, we're we're a Premier League side many, many times. You know, sometimes, you know, with these sides, they sort of drop away and then, you know, you don't hear from them for a few seasons, but it's great now they've got promoted and, you know, they've got a good manager in there who, who learned his trade at, uh, at Man United. Yeah, um, that's a fellow so, Northern Irishman as well, isn't he? Yeah, Kieran McKenna. So, you know, he's done a, he's done a fantastic job. So, you know, I, th- I think Ipswich would, you know, have a great chance maybe next season of even going again. This is exactly what um, we spoke about them last week on the podcast, actually, and said exactly the same, similar to Sunderland this season, that they could yeah. get in the playoffs. Once you get that once you get that club rolling and get all the fans behind you, there's there's only one way they're going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I always really enjoyed playing at, uh, playing at Portman Road. Great place um, to play, isn't it? I've enjoyed some good yeah. games there. Yeah, so, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of sort of big sides in that sort of championship every single season. But, you know, Ipswich are, are as big as any of them. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. What was your, uh, your first car you ever had? Oh, well, it's, it's funny, actually, because uh, when I actually signed for Newcastle, I couldn't drive. So the first oh, thing really? Kevin Keegan... The first thing Kevin Keegan did was um, was put me through my driving test. <laughs> That's good. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I I got that done and dusted about oh, I was about five weeks, um, and then we we had club cars. We always got the Rovers, yeah. but uh, the first car I actually ever bought them was uh, a BMW three two five i convertible. Nice. Um, so convertible. it's not like, it's not sort of like a, a a normal sort of first car for most people. Of, yeah. You know, I was only 19 at the time, so it's not the normal sort of first car. You know, I was quite fortunate that I was able to get that one. But, you know, I'm, I'm 19 years of age. I've just passed the driving test. I'm actually sitting with a with a Rover and a BMW sitting in the driveway. <laughs> You're doing all right, though. You've <laughs> down Rover yeah. for Newcastle. Must have yeah, been a good time, that. Matt. <laughs> we, used to, we used to get uh, brand-new Rovers every six months, so we did. They had, that was what the players got, so we did. So, amazing. You use that as a bit of a runaround at times. <laughs> Brilliant, that is. We'll take it uh, back to the football. Who was the, the worst trainer that you played with? Dad mentioned David Batty on the last one. Said he used to just oh, stand in the yeah, corner. Bats. <laughs> yeah, Bats, Bats, was, Bats was a fantastic player. But, yeah, he, uh, he was one of those who actually, you know, you know, like people want to stretch before they start, like, drilling balls yeah. and he would just be like out and flipping pinging 60 yard balls with, without even <laughs> stretching um, Tino, Tino wasn't a great trainer to be fair was he Tino, not yeah I can't imagine him liking no. it in the cold up in North no North. definitely not well, I mean you, you remember when he arrived in the snow that time with that big yeah, coat he had and, but uh, you know some of the things he did in training was, were, were incredible but he, he definitely was not one of the better trainers <laughs> Yeah, uh, was he was he the most professional player? I can't I can't, I can't quite imagine it. No, oh definitely not, <laughs> definitely not. You know, we, we all know the talent that he had, but um, he was a good, he was a great character to have around the dressing room. You yeah. know, quite funny, quite funny in his own way. Um, but um, no, as far as training went, I, I, I'd probably Bats Bats or Tino. Yeah, um, and, and 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 Ke- especially with Kevin because it was all with the five sides all, but it was real high intensity. Yeah. 
So Tino Tino was not it's not, was not the greatest during the week. No, no, <laughs> definitely. Not. Well, Tino leads me quite nicely onto who's your funniest teammate then? Uh, funny. Well, do you know what? Actually, Bats Bats was Bats was very very funny. Um, he? He, had a real, he had a brilliant sense of humour. Um, I'm sure if you asked your dad about him, he would he would agree about his sense of humour. Um, Bats was Bats was funny. Uh, Steve Watson, very funny. Yeah, Watson um, was brilliant. We, we, uh, he was one of my coaches at Birmingham. He was brilliant. Yeah, he's a funny lad. I mean, there's actually a lot of them in that dressing room. Uh, Clarky, Lee Clark's a yeah. funny lad. Um, I think Bats. it sounds like you just had a brilliant dressing room as well, didn't you? Like, that's what made your team so successful, was you sort of we, wanted to spend time with each other, you wanted to be around each other. We, we did. I mean, the, the team spirit we had was unbelievable, you know, and we, we used to actually go for nights out all together a lot of the yeah, time. I, and just, I don't I, think that happens hardly anywhere now, does it? Like, Dad was saying you should go out every Monday or Tuesday night or something, wasn't it? And it's just like... Yeah. I mean, I think that's... I mean, you get to know your teammates a lot better when you're out and relaxed and having a, having a beer and that. And Without a doubt. As, as you say, that that just does not happen at all now. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know you have to be professional, but I mean, there has to be times where you you need to sort of get away from football and and I let your hair dry. Like you said, you get to know people better, don't you? Out of a the pressurised environment of football, and people let their hair down a bit more, and it becomes a little bit more easier to have a conversation with someone that maybe you wouldn't have on a day to day basis. Yeah, and, and and I mean that that was always the thing, you know, when when somebody new came into the club, you took them for a night out. Yeah, you know, and, and and as I say, it just that just does not happen at all now. No, it doesn't, does it? Like, whereas that's a proper no. welcome to the club. I think now everyone does like initiation songs of before your first game or something like that. But it doesn't really, yeah, okay, you're in, but it doesn't really like open up any actual communication with each other or things like that. You go, oh yeah, good song, and then that's it. Like everyone's seen it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm glad the initiations weren't there when you know when I was when I was playing. Well, you wouldn't fancy yourself as a singer now. No, gosh, no, <laughs> definitely not. What do you think, if you hadn't been a footballer, what would you have been? Do you know, it's, I, I mean, I have been asked that loads of times, and I, I had signed for Man United when I was 13, um, you know, and I knew I was going over when I was 16, so never I never really had anything else, you know. When you're sort of 13 years of age and, and, and you've signed for Man United, all you're focused on, focusing on then is being a footballer. So I, I, if I didn't play football, I, I would have been in, in trouble. Not, I mean, I, I, I mean, I went to like a grammar school and you know got all my GCSEs and all that there, yeah, you know. So just I was yeah, academically, you know, I, I was okay at school, but as I say, as a thirteen-year-old, it was just solely focused on football from then. Yeah, and I think a lot of people talk about our oh, players have got to have a plan B and stuff like that at a young age, and I think. Yeah, there's room for that, but a lot of it, I think plan A's got to be really good, haven't you? And you've got to go all in on your plan A. Because I, I was the same, I never thought of any, I didn't realise you could get another job than a footballer. Like, I was always just going <laughs> to follow Dad's footsteps, that's what I wanted to do. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, and it, I mean it, it is tough because there's so many you know people who want to be footballers yeah. and they have that sort of heartbreak of a, getting released and then they sort of fall down the, the divisions and a lot of people then just don't even play football no exactly you know, so. we've, all, we've all seen that happen haven't we but I, I think from my because I was never the wonder kid I was never the one that anyone thought was going to be a player I don't think I think if I had have had a plan B and I didn't go all in on my plan A I don't think I would have made it at all so that, yeah exactly I know what you mean I did you, when you when you want to be a footballer, you know, because obviously it's it's a great life being a footballer, and you're you're 
getting paid for pretty much doing a hobby. Yeah, you know, having fun with your mates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you you're, you're training every day, and you know you think about other people who have to go down the mines and stuff like that. There, so if you want to be a footballer, you do have to give it a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly that. And we, it's been really good chat, Keith. I really enjoyed your time. What was your your worst moment on a football pitch? So have you got one that sticks out? Um, I was at Sheffield United. We got relegated on the last day of the season, which uh, was really hard to take because um, we were playing Wigan at home and we only needed a draw. But even if we got beat, oh, West, Ham, West, West Ham went to Old Trafford. With so, Tevez. Yes, when Tevez yeah. scored. So West Ham needed to win and... They, they went to Man United and Man United had already won the league which wasn't ideal for us and then obviously Tevez scored the winner um, and you know it was just we, we hit the post and all with a few minutes to go and all we, as I say all we needed was one point um, so just to, we're, we're one of the favourites to get relegated at the start of the season yeah, um, you're so close to being out of it and then you're in yeah um, so you know, it's 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 disappointing when that when that happens, getting relegated back down to the the yeah, championship. So it was, was very the, hard to the take. Old, um, class of '92 playing in that game for United. Uh, well, so, uh, you know, I, they they didn't have a full strength side out. Um, I'm a funny feeling they were maybe in the cup final the following yeah, week I as well. I think there might be something because like, I was thinking otherwise. You got must have been on the phone to them. Come on, help us out, lads. Just get the job <laughs> yeah. done. Well, well, you're sort of thinking. I mean, that season as well, West Ham, you know, obviously pipped us and stayed up. Um, they they beat Man United home and away 1-0 and they beat Arsenal home and away 1-0. <laughs> I didn't realise that. So that was 12 points they got against, like, Arsenal and Man United without yeah. even conceding a goal. Yeah, incredible effort, that. It's yeah. Things so unexpected. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's why we sort of get into the final game and obviously you know it was in our own hands you know we had it done the job you know just one that was it but at least you were sort of thinking well if it doesn't go right we've still got this we're, yeah you got the backup plan yeah when unfortunately uh it, it went wrong for us yeah that's a real shame yeah they, they are tough mm. I, I got relegated on my gillingham side last year last game of the season it was it's a horrible feeling it's one you don't oh it's, as a football it's, it's horrendous you know you just you're sort of in a bit of a tease with it all you yeah. know it's just it's like heartbreaking. It is. It really it is. is. Real like heartbreak. It's, I think you put I as footballers, we put all our effort in, don't we, to to getting over the line, to getting the job done for whatever the goal is for that season. And when you don't succeed, it, I think we're all so competitive that it's a real, a real tough one to take. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you feel for the fans as well. They've supported you all season, and then it's just flipping so much doom and gloom when that final whistle goes. Yeah, it's it's not a nice feeling, is it? It's not a nice no. feeling. Not at all. But that that's our 10 questions there, Keith. Thank you very much for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. Here, not a problem, not a problem. Any, any time at all. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Okay, man. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that chat with Keith, actually. I could have uh, I could have spoke to him all day, to be honest. I kept looking at the clock thinking, I've probably got to wrap it up. You're presenting your... I'm trying. I'm trying to upskill myself and see what see what I can, see what I'm capable of. But uh, no, nah, he seemed like... Oh, that's the first time I spoke to him. He seemed like a, a great guy and he was really uh, really open with us and really willing to, to chat and listen to all my questions and, and give his, his honest opinions back, I think. So it was uh, it was really good for me to have a chat with him. No, nah, he's, he's, he's he's, as I say, he's a top guy and people go on about his gambling problems you know even when we were speaking with Kevin at, at the do you know he, he said that <laughs> somebody had rung him and said that 
kilos, 70 grand to a local gam- gambling uh, establishment. Uh, <laughs> and you need to help them get out of it, which uh, nice. Kevin, Kevin was saying all the things that he had to deal with off the football pitch, like nothing to do with football. Yeah. He said it was remarkable, especially with the players that we had. Steve Howie was another one. <laughs> He wanted uh, Steve Howie asked for a carpet to be laid. Keegan was telling us, and, uh, and Steve Howie rang him up and said, Gaffer, I've got a major problem. And he thought, oh, he's broke his leg, he's broke his ankle. Uh, he's done something mad. He said, Oh, the carpet company have put the wrong colour carpet down. So he had to ring <laughs> he's up. ringing the manager he had to for ring that. the manager of carpet, right? As soon as he rang, he went, Oh, it's Kevin Keegan. The guy put the phone down, thought someone was just messing around. Yeah, I can imagine. Had to, had to ring him back again. But uh, then he found out that Steve asked for a, a Wedgwood carpet. Which, as we all know, everyone's Wedgwood blue. Steve thought it was brown because it's Wedgwood. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Steve Howie. These are the things that, that Kevin was telling you had to put, uh, put up with, it, as well as Keith's sort of like problems as well. But people forget he had those problems. He did like a bet, still does, I think. But uh, he was a fantastic player. Oh, he, he was brilliant, wasn't he? And I, I think I didn't actually realise until I, I looked up before the call that he was part of the class of '92 as well. So he, he came through with. Gigs and Beckham and Skulls and all of them. And again, he, he touched on it in the conversation, but he was signed at 13 years old, I think. That's yeah, amazing. Well, Keegan said that if, if he hadn't come, the Andy Cole deal wouldn't have gone through. Really? Yeah, he said if, if I didn't get Keith Gillespie as part of the deal, uh, that's not going through, because that's how much he wanted him. Uh, and that much he, he thought he could play in the right position for the right team. And he was huge in that era for your team, wasn't he? Like, like I said, he, I can just remember. He was as big, as, uh, as good as David Ginola. We had David Ginola one side and him the other side. You know, two wingers. Uh, and as, as he as he mentioned there, King didn't want his wingers coming back. <laughs> I actually, like, obviously, I knew from your stories what it was like, but... To be the fact that he's like, no, don't come back, don't yeah, come back. Not, that's not your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, let them deal with it. Let John Beresford deal with it. Create <laughs> goals and score goals. That's, that, that's you know, people can criticise it and say we didn't win anything, but that, that's it's spot on. That's that's their job. That's to excite, you know, it's to get at people and create chance and play rather than defending. You get get a midfield player, player there and defend. You know, that's yeah, it's, like, it's I, very I, true. I did love the way, as you know, the, the way that Keegan played, the way that he played his teams. I, I love playing like that. Well, I think he, he said, obviously, a lot of similar things to what you said, that Kevin's his favourite manager that he's worked on. He made him feel a million dollars. All of these things are exactly what you've said, and I'm sure hopefully we'll get an opportunity to speak to more of the entertainers team. And I feel like they're all going to say the same thing, that they played their best football under Kevin, they enjoyed their football the most, and... Ultimately, you've had the most success. Okay, you didn't win anything, but everyone still speaks about the team. They do, yeah. We, we were saying it, you know, when we was uh, was up in Newcastle. All the lads, it's, it's because my, some of the lads went on to play in both teams as, as I did. Um, but yeah, they, they never remember who finished second, apart from our team. <laughs> everyone remembers, probably more than who finished first, uh, which is which are remarkable. And, and still, we go back there thirty years, twenty five years, thirty years later, and then. That's what I think is crazy. Think what other teams would do that and get 500 people turning out. And I know the Geordies are nuts for it anyway, but to to that extent, to have that many people still talking about that team, I mean, it's it's credit to all of you. Like I touched on, it's, it's what an achievement that is. Or like again, it gets held against you that you didn't win it, or like Keith Gillespie touched on, you blew it. I think. I know your opinion might be slightly different to you blew it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say yeah. And when he says we blew it, yeah, we did. And you look at you know look at Arsenal now. They're sort of like people are saying they're blowing it, but it, it it's similar. I think Arsenal were eight nine clear. Weren't they? Yeah, they were they were far ahead. Yeah, similar to you guys. When you got somebody chasing you as good as Man City are, 
and, and we had somebody good chasing us as well. I, I, would, I don't mind the Man United team that this day chasing us because they wouldn't catch us. <laughs> but the team they had, you know, you know, Skulls, Beckham, Keane, all, all the the big boys. Another legendary team, though, isn't it? That yeah, was... and they, that, people underestimate how good they were. Yeah, you know, and I know Alan Hansen famously came out with it. You never went anything with kids, but these weren't normal kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. The Nevilles and, and Butty and. They had six or seven come through. They weren't normal. They were. They're all players that are, are legends of the modern era now, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're, all, they're all internationals. Well, we or... had a lot of youngsters coming through, but you know, like Lee Clark and, and Steve Watson and, and Steve Howie and Alan Thompson, Robbie Elliott. But they they were on a you know, all due respect, they were on a different level. They all come. They all got over fifty caps. Yeah, countries. Yeah, know, it's frightening. Just, so to have them chasing you, and our team, you know, not used to being chased and. and and again, playing games on different days, they'd always play before us and always win, so then we've got more Put the pressure, pressure on. And I think that's what's happened to Arsenal. Yeah, I th- I think I'd agree. I think uh, Gary Neville touched on it last night, didn't he? He was talking, um, saying how it was the spine of the team that won it, though, and they kept all the young lads in check and kept them level-headed. And you had your Keens that through the middle, Schmeichel, Cantonars, them sort of players that did the job, had been there, had done it, knew what it was about, and the others could play their part but weren't well, you, you look at all the players they had and they had some tremendous players but lots of the times you look at their results they won 1-0 yeah they won 1-0 it was a Schmeichel save wasn't it and a Cantona goal we, we played them at St James's Park in a, in a vital game and we battered them I mean we beat Man United 5-0 the year after we, we, we could have beat them 6 or 7 Schmeichel was unbelievable and then Cantona scored and it, we heard that a lot, you know. So the Man United, all the, the exciting players they had and the talent they had, Giggs and, and Beckham and Cat, they used to win one nil. We never won. Yeah. We never won one nil. But that's what they say about title winning sides, isn't it? Yeah, that, that you've got to be able to grind it out. Yeah. And yous were so entertaining, and everyone wanted to watch it. And they said everyone's second team, but it would be four three, or it would yeah. be big score again, which is brilliant for the neutral. But <laughs> <laughs> it's very end to end, very exciting. But yeah, you, maybe, maybe a. Some some fans might have well probably not Newcastle fans but some fans might see a horrible one nil and be happy and take the three points yeah, and on to yeah, the next not, one. That's not the way we play, not Keegan. <laughs> no, exactly. I, 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 mind you, I did like the way you mentioned the uh, the Rover cars we used to get. Yeah, you enjoyed that one. Did I didn't you? know I didn't know he couldn't drive. Yeah, it was very interesting, wasn't it? And Keegan, had, another thing that Keegan had to do was put him through that. He's driving test in five weeks. Yeah, he's well. just got ticked off. If you play for Newcastle, you'll be all right. <laughs> driving instructors are Geordie, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was nice. A convertible car as well. His first car. Yeah, I bet his insurance was probably 10 grand. <laughs> it must have been high. It must have been high. But it was, uh, and I'm sure you, as I mentioned, I'm sure you'd love that the Barcelona game was mentioned again. Of course, yeah. But to be fair to Keith, he had to mention that because that is the and game you know, for like him, every time I do a doobie it's the first question that they'll, they'll ask him about the Barcelona game they had to because he was a man possessed yeah, that night he, he, he was he was unbelievable as good as Tino got the hat trick Keith was instrumental in, in you know he's playing against the Spanish left back you know what I mean Sergi was at the time probably one of the best left backs in the world playing for the for a top Spanish you know top country in Spain but Keith absolutely demoralised and again he realised early on that yeah he, he touched on he it didn't he pace. And so he isolated him, just pushed it past him. But you know, once you get there, you see so many people not the final ball. There's no point in getting there and crossing it behind the goal. Um, and Keith, Keith would, could cross it as well. And just on that day, he was just one of those games. We've all had them, you've had them. But 
everything goes right. Yeah, nothing better. Every, no better feeling, every, is there? Yeah, there is no. They don't come along often. No, and he's just having he's to just come along. Do it on the biggest stage, yeah, uh, the biggest the possible thing. That, so final, yeah. everybody's going to remember yeah. it. So I think. Um, yeah, I think he didn't get man of match because Tino got three goals. <laughs> <laughs> Can't begrudge him that though, can you? Can't begrudge him. No, it was uh, it was it was great to have a chat with Keith though. Really, I found him really insightful, and I, I like. Uh, Obviously, you know, I'm like, I like talking about the coaching side of things. I like picking people's brains and him having worked under Fergie as well. And we spoke about their managers following the lead, Brian Robson, Mark Hughes, Paul Ince, there's so many to list off. That it was uh, really interesting to think that there is, I think I, I said the Fergie effect sort of thing, the way everyone, I guess, wanted to have a go at it after seeing the best do it. And I, I think that's really eye-opening that so many followed well, his lead. Yeah, he's, I mean, he, I thought I'd played with some... And big boys yeah, he reeled off some good ones he, didn't he, he reeled off a, 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 you know Sir Alex and Kevin and Brian Robson and uh, Kenny Bobby Robson I mean, he, he mentioned Rude Holly, but I don't, yeah. I don't consider him a top <laughs> yeah I kept that one quiet for you <laughs> even Neil Warnock at the end what a great yeah, job he's been no, doing like, it's, it's all about yeah it's all about like, he said that when he was at Sheffield United and even now Neil Warnock's done an unbelievable job so it's not all about you know I know everyone likes these studious new managers and and Stats, but it's not always about that. It's about motivation, without doubt. You know what I mean? It's, it's how you motivate. You know, he's had to get the same advice. He's got to go. What he's got to do at Leeds, what he's trying to do, is just motivate the players to play those last few games, regardless of stats and, and tactics. And you got, you got to have some tactics. Of not let. First thing he done, change the goalie. Yeah, goalie's got loads of goals in. Change the goalie. Simple, really. It's not like. It's not rocket science. Yeah, he's just—he's going to go in and he's not yeah. going to be now, bothered about upsetting people. Not about upsetting people. Um, and the same with Neil Warnock. First thing to do: can I motivate these players to run through brick walls? Yeah. For me. Do you think it is fair the the rap these guys get though? I guess that it is like they're firefighters. They'll come in in January, February, March, and get the job done, get you over the line, and then they'll be gone again, and they won't. No one really. It seems strange. Gives them we a go. We got this thing there. We, we we it's all sexy to have a foreign manager in charge yeah. and how they play and. And when it doesn't work, I mean, oh, we'll tell you then, we'll get the people in the Yeah, we touched on and it instead, previously. Yeah, and instead of sort of like, you know, if Sam saves Leeds, he should be in charge of Leeds. Yeah. In my opinion. Will he? I'm not sure, but he should be. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. I think no. you, Bielsa to Allardyce is slightly uh, Yeah, but he should be because he's one end to the other, isn't them. it? I mean, that's, that's what saved them. So um, whether he will or not, I mean, it's, it's the team's down in there, you know, Everton, first time ever they could possibly go. Yeah. They seem to have dragged themselves out of it. Leicester are... Leicester are banging uh, trouble they're, now. They're banging trouble. They're really they're interesting. Southampton gone, so... So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting next uh, next couple of games. Very, very tight to see where we go with it. And um, I think Man City have just about wrapped up the league now, though. They need one win, don't they? Yeah, I think that's done. As we said before, that nobody... I don't think anybody expected it. Arsenal will be up there and challenging Man City at this time and the trouble is when you do get up there now people are saying oh they've blown it but if you just said at the start of the season Arsenal will finish second great season oh without a doubt yeah that's there's, but there's great. no when they've been so close yeah. and that's that's, and that's the, the thing, thing isn't it you've, you've had it there you can you can almost taste it yeah. and then it's and we taken same, away we from you as Keith mentioned we were the same because no one expected us we, we bought Les Fernand Warren and, and Shaka Hislop and David Genoa but no one expected us to be like fighting for the league Supposed to be up there in the top six. No one's going to fight for the league. So when we actually were twelve points clear, and then all of a sudden the expectations go high, and then it's also you're blowing it. But if they, you just said before the season started, oh, we're finished second. Oh yeah. Yeah, you'd have taken yeah, that yeah, then. But did you feel the pressure at that point? So when you're twelve points to lead, did you, like you said, they, they had the early kickoffs, and then 
they would they'd win, and then you would that really ramp it up for you guys? And we use. Well, I think you think you're, you're when you're going for a title, there's always pressure. Yeah, that's there's exactly my thought. On you. And it's, you know, and I think you know as much as we won so many games first part of the season to Christmas, I think Man United won 13 out of 14 coming yeah. home. Do you know I mean that's? Yeah, that's a ridiculous well, level, had, isn't it? I mean, like, we had, Man City like, doing The PR of our, our defence, we had a really good defensive record, really. Yeah. I think you said it was the second best one, Yeah, right? second best in the league. Um, so it wasn't... It's just a case of they'd done so well about winning that. If somebody wins 13, 14 games, 13 out of 14, it's, you're going to have a chance. Yeah, you're going to be we up there. Drawing a lot. We didn't lose loads. We lost some important games, Liverpool game. You know, again, things went against them. We played Blackburn. Grant Fenton scored two goals. Yeah, he was the Geordie, wasn't it? Geordie. Yeah. Nottingham Forest were beating him and won't hit a goal from 45 yards you yeah know, it's it's things like that you know Liverpool game yeah crazy games crazy draw, moments bad for us. Man United game at home we should have been 6-0 up By, if you ask any of their players we should have been 6-0 up yeah you, and you, you need that luck in football you don't yeah. you need them big moments to go and your it way it seems that Newcastle have something I don't know what it is we, I went, we, we went to the Carabao Cup yeah. and you know two weeks later they batter Man United yeah. in the Carabao Cup final that they didn't look like they're going to win. Just need to get over that yeah. first hurdle, really, yeah. don't they? Keegan always said to us, the hardest, the hardest trophy to win is the first one. It's very true. And that's that's the Newcastle still got that going now until they get that first trophy. Yeah, but Champions League will be a huge season. Oh, for them, Champions League will be brilliant. Yeah, we'll, we'll go up for a few of those games like this. Yeah, that'll be all right, won't it? That? <laughs> Dan will look after us for yeah, them, I'm sure. <laughs> Listen, that music. Oh God, it would be a dream, wouldn't it? It would really be a dream. Talking about uh, dreams, what about Notts County then? They got over the line, they got the job done in dramatic fashion. Do you know what? I watched, I was watching it indoors, Birmingham, uh, thank God, thank God it's not Wrexham. Yeah, that would have been horrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was horrendous. I mean, they didn't, they started terrible. Uh, goalie didn't start well, go, you know, go away the pen. Uh, they're getting in all the time, which because Notts County plays such a high line, as you know, and it's like, they, they, and they, Wrexham did the same thing. They had a forward that wanted to run behind. They seem to sort it out at, uh, at half time, um, but again they got themselves back in it. Went two one down in extra time. Yeah. Oh, this is it. This is travesty because they finished twenty five points above Chesterfield. Yeah, it's a one off game, and then you know I don't know how you feel about it. But then you take some balls from from the Notts County manager to change the goalie. Yeah, real, real bold decision. I mean, obviously it paid off, so it's a genius decision. And then I remember uh, Van Howell did it for Holland, didn't he? We brought Kroll on in the World Cup yeah. and it, it worked. And I think they are them big moments, I guess you're judged on. If that didn't work and they lost, he's... His head's on the chopping block, really, but they've well, done it. If you put him on the last ten minutes, he makes mistakes and they get a goal. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it. Like he done, but, but he doesn't seem to work when you, when you. I've seen people doing it for penalty takers. Oh, we've got two minutes to go to, to put a penalty taker on. Usually that penalty taker misses. Yeah, exactly. I think it's easier as a goalkeeper, though, isn't it? You, well, there's not pressure on a goalie, yeah, you, and it's more the mind games of oh, oh god, this goalie. Because like, to be honest, I hadn't heard of the goalie that that came on. No, Archie, man. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard of him, but he's on loan from. And he's, one of the saves was superb as well. <laughs> it was a really, with his foot. Really really high foot it was excellent he looked a big unit yeah and I think that plays the mind games we touched on penalties last week but it follows it up quite nicely because now they're thinking oh I'm not sure of the goalie but he must be good because they're bringing him on and what's, what's he going to do where's he going to go whether that Sam Slocum's better with his feet 
I presume he is. Yeah, to play the way they want to play. In. Uh, and the stat that I read was Slam Slow hasn't saved the penalty for Knox County. So. <laughs> yeah, so not the best stat going into no, a penalty shootout. Exactly. Exactly. I can see why Luke Williams uh, whipped why him why off. It, but it's still, it's still a, a big... I do like the Knox County manager. It's, it's still a massive call. Yeah, you've got... I think that's the... I think, obviously, I'm just into my coach and anything like that, but I think you'd rather do things your way and then if it doesn't happen, at least you can go, I did it my way. And I and I'm, I think that's what he would have been thinking, that you don't want to go back to their moments and be like, oh, I wish I'd changed the goalie. I wish, I wish I'd done yeah. that. Rather, what do they put it? Regret the things you do, son, not the things you don't that's do. That's it. Uh, I think that's that's great advice that you've given me over the years because they're, they're the things that you want to, like he does, plays that high line and it's risky, and, but, but he's doing it his way yeah. and he's seeing his team. And I, there was a, a quote from um, Deserby, the Brighton manager, saying that... Um, his tactics don't win the game. His tactics can lose him the game, but he'd rather lose doing it his way and then seeing how the well, team... You look, you look a, a week ago, they got beat by Brian, uh, got beat by got Everton. Smashed by Everton, yeah. Then they go to Arsenal, beat them three. That's it, and what performance they put on. Like so, so sometimes it doesn't always work, what, what decisions you make, but you got a good manager or a great manager who gets more right than he does wrong. So Yeah, exactly that. And I think, like you said, touching on Deserby and Luke, I know they're completely different ends of the spectrum, but... They're doing things their way and they're, they're having an impact on their sides. And mm. Notts County, again, like Wrexham, will be a force to be reckoned with next season. They were the best footballing side in the National League. Oh, without they, a shadow. They, they took risks, played the high line, but they're the best footballing. They're not, I think Wrexham had the better players. Yeah. But they had they they played the best football. And we've got to touch on penalties over the last bit. What about Bostock's chip? What do you reckon? <laughs> what did you have done <laughs> to him in your day? I saw an interview with him. I think it was this morning on 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 on, on Twitter or social media. Uh, and he said he when he was in Belgium, he'd done six out of seven. Did he? he did I, I, I wasn't aware of that. No. Yeah, he did six out of seven of his penalties. Yeah. Um, and he said if he if he had a chance again, he'd do it again. He said he and. You know, he said people see me as arrogant, and which I have throughout his career, really. That's what yeah. He said, but that's just the way that I likes to play football. And it says it. You haven't got to go left or right. You can actually dink it down the middle. Yeah, you so just got to oh, score it though. Presenter <laughs> said to him, "What you do if you've done it again?" He said, "Well, I just dink it lower." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good. At least he's, lear- he's learning yeah, from just, it. But John Bosco was, was, you know, from being a young kid coming through 16, I think he was when Barca wanted him. Or he went yeah, everyone wanted him, didn't they? I remember uh, playing him when he was yeah. young, and he was just. Head and shoulders yeah, above everywhere. It was the same size yeah, then what he is now. You know, to to get back to where he's sort of like a, where where he he's going now. I think it's great testament. He was brilliant. Yeah, I, I didn't see the game, but I heard he I heard he was excellent. For, and and like a lot of the Wrexham players, he is with all due respect to the level. He's a lot better than the level though, and yeah, he's you got to prove it. You know, you still got to prove it. You've you got to show how good you are. And he done that, and I think obviously the the penalty will be. It's, I'm so glad that it didn't cost yeah. him in the end. And it would have been what a moment if you did dink it to win it, and like you said, like the, the balls to do it in yeah. that moment, and the confidence in yourself, which is something to be admired. But you do have to put it in the net, <laughs> don't you? I can only imagine what Luke Williams no, would have been thinking there. Laughing about it now on, on holiday. Oh, you can now, can't like, you? All laugh about you it, can enjoy it now, but lost, oh, <laughs> that that would that could Luke make Williams or break you, really, couldn't it? You you just yeah, you just dread to think, <laughs> dread to think. But big moments, big games, and uh, talking about big games. Luton Sunderland tonight. Luton two one down. What do you reckon? Do you know what? I, I, when I was watching the playoffs, I, I I I thought if they get Sunderland, that could be a tough game. For yeah, them. that, that was the one they wouldn't have wanted. I think because they're on a roll. 
they're on a roll. But Luton at home, as you know, it's a Kenilworth Road. Oh, the Kenny's going to be rocking tonight, it is. Yeah, Kenny, with it, it'll be packed out and it'll be a hostile atmosphere. Uh, and they're, they're a strong, big, strong team, Luton. So I won't put it against them, but... Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. I think, yeah, did you catch Diallo's goal as well? The lad on loan yeah, from Man United? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Touch of class. Like, that's... They're the moments you want the big players to be decisive and to, to come up and, I guess, earn their money. I think United bought him for 30, 40 million. So you'd expect him to be half yeah, decent, but yeah. to, to so pop who, up so when it matters. who are you going for then? I'm always going for Luton. Always. You know, I just don't want John to be right now. He called Sunderland, didn't he? We can't have him being the football expert. We've got to go Luton as well, so I can't go Sunderland. Nah, we've got to back, we've got to back the boys. I, yeah, I, I, think, exactly. I think the Hatters could, could well get over yeah, the line. Yeah, and exactly. Like yeah. I said, there'll be someone to, to step up in a big moment, I think. Yeah, and I think I think the other one, Borough, you know, I think they're with the um, slight advantage now. The home advantage, the you like the advantage. I, I fancy them to go. Although I said before, I think Mark Robbins has done a brilliant job. I'd love to see Mickey Carrick, who I play with West Ham, to. Yeah, you still think they're going to be the one to do it? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if if they get through this game, I think they're going to Wembley. I think they'll I think they'll go through and win it. Yeah. And what was it like? You obviously you played and scored at Wembley for England and uh, for Newcastle. What did that feel like? What was the build-up like to that? What, what are these players going to be going through? Yeah, listen, this, this, playing at Wembley is, is the pinnacle of, of any footballer's career. Um, I know they've changed it now and it's not got the twin, twin towers, which I find remarkable. But, yeah, it's a shame uh, that because I do remember watching you in the cup finals and the semi-final and I remember seeing the twin towers and I remember walking up the steps and coming out and overlooking the pitch and it was it was a special thing and it's like it's ingrained in my mind yeah. now and it's... Uh, I guess it's not quite the same, but still Wembley, well, Wembley just, is Wembley, isn't it? I find it amazing. All, all the things that are listed, buildings, yeah. them Twin they Towers were. were not listed. Yeah, you know I can I mean? agree with that. <laughs> I find They that were amazing. so iconic, weren't they? Yeah. Now they've got, they've got Wembley Way, haven't they? They've got the, the walk up. You, yeah, you build it, you build, build the stadium build around, around the Twin it. Towers. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it would have been a nice touch, wouldn't it? But it's yeah. still, it is an impressive ground. No, it's, 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 it's very impressive. And as I said, it's a place when you're playing in the playground and you want to, you know, you're, yeah, everyone's you're saying I'm being so and so in the FA Cup final. The FA Cup final. I'm going to and you score. A goal. Did you? Was you nervous for it though? Was you excited? Mixture of both. I think it's a mixture it? of both. It always is. If someone says they're not nervous, it's probably not telling the truth. Everyone. Yeah, I'd agree. Nervous. Until the game starts. I'd agree. Yeah, then you're in the zone. And then, and you, yeah, then well, as long as your first touch is right or something no, like that, then all of a sudden. It's quite important. When I first my first game for Newcastle, I remember getting to Newcastle. We're playing Middlesbrough. Liam O'Brien, who was there the other night, and I was having a laugh about it with him. I said, first time he got the ball, he's obviously been at Man United, and he smashed it at me out on the wing. I mean, launched it. And I thought, God, if I don't control yeah. this, my career could be like slow motion, like, please control it, yeah. control it. And he's like, oh, now he's launched this at me. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily enough, I, I controlled it all right and uh, I laid it off. So it was, it was a decent start. But yeah. you're, you're right, you have to start the games. I think that, that that's essential. That used to always stick in my mind. That was always your advice to me. Wasn't it? Make sure you get your first pass right, your yeah. first touch right. And that, you can sort of build your way into the game and you can yeah. find yourself getting in the zone. Whereas if you don't, especially the level I play at, sometimes League 2, League 1 level, you go 10 minutes, 15 minutes without touching the ball because it's yeah. getting booted over your head. And then you're like, all right, I'm not, I'm not quite in the game. I'm not, yeah. I'm not quite getting there. I'm not doing that. I think I, usually if you start a game well... You normally do do well or okay. If you start the bank badly, it's really difficult. Yeah, you got as you found with the goalie. You know, for Notts County, he, he started. Yeah, and it gives you shot, and that'll be them big moments. To be fair, he, he got himself back into it. It's not, not as hard for a goalie, but it's how you start the game. You have to start the game well. And that's what I think with these big occasions and being the lower level players, 
it could be your only one opportunity yeah. to play at Wembley. I mean, I never got to play at Wembley. It's one of my my regrets. It's one of my goals to get there oh, as a manager now. Yeah, so James's part was just, just was just as good. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of my goals to get there as a manager now because I, I just think for them occasions, not just for the players involved, but it's for everyone, isn't it? It's for the the city or town, yeah, whatever team you've got, the, the, the you get everyone out. They go mad for it. They go mad for it. Wherever, wherever level you play at, you know, Hornchurch, our local team. Yeah, get to Wembley. years ago and all this crap, the whole town comes Everyone's out. gone. So people just love it. It's the history of it. That's what that's what football does. And that, that for me is the, the real, my love of football is uniting people and having yeah. that, that legacy. And it might sound a bit corny sometimes, but I think you can leave a mark with people. People remember that, like talking about your teams now, remembering it 30 years ago, like, you have the opportunity in football to leave a legacy mm. and to go, yeah, I was part of that or I helped do that. I gave a little 1% to make that team successful and give them fans that happiness that day out that I think to a lot of football people, that means everything. That's more than winning it. Well, you didn't know about winning yeah, it, though, did you? <laughs> Don't go there again. But it is, you, you leave... <laughs> yeah, hide them away in the cupboard. <laughs> but you do, leaving that legacy, I think, is is what it means and seeing the celebration like you did have the celebration where you scored in the semi-final against Chelsea that that feeling must have been incredible well yeah it was amazing at the time amazing the, the feeling because we were playing well that game we were actually the two cup finals before Arsenal Man United we had one going for the double one going for the treble and yeah we two were seriously out, good teams played really that, against Chelsea we, we were the better team really um, but yeah the, the, the elation of scoring um, but then after the game we'd lost 2-1 so it's it's yeah, Everyone still say. remembers it, and it must be your favourite. No, it's not my favourite goal because yeah. we lost. Because then eventually it doesn't it's matter, great that, does it? You know, I can say I've scored at Wembley for Newcastle, and Alan Shearer can't. <laughs> Don't let me at the end of that, dear. Not many people can. You know, there's not many. Yeah, people. which is great, but obviously, I'm sure you would have rather not scored one one nil and got to the final oh, and potentially 100%, won it. Yeah, 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 but it was a good header though. It was a good header. Yeah, terrible, I wish you could terrible cross. But <laughs> wish you could have passed that head in ability on to me. <laughs> I could never edit. <laughs> but that, um, yeah, that just about rounds us up for today. I hope you've all in, enjoyed this discussion on Keith Gillespie, the entertainers, and FA Cup Wembley moments. So uh, thanks for listening, all, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. Cheers.